But I guess when I think about it, like any any decade is going to like any any period of a decade plus is going to seem like a big change, no matter what. Yeah. If you look at you know, I I, I can vaguely remember 1990. And it, and I can also remember 11 years ago. It doesn't seem that different. But there's a huge difference between you know. 1979 and 1990 in America, but there's an even bigger difference, it seems, between 1979 and 1990 in Britain. And I'm wondering, like, what do you see that legacy as being? Because it does really feel to me like everything about the sort of modern state that we live in, the condition we live in here, comes from that. And it's great. It's awesome. We and love we have it. No complaints. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I've, I've been privileged to have a kind of box seat, really, because I worked for a series of councils in the in the 90s and 2000s and housing associations. Mm. And I've also um, taught uh, in the post-war settlement and Thatcherism. And when you're teaching that kind of course, 20th century British politics or 20th century uh, British history, the division is always, almost always made between um, 1945 to 1979 and 1979 to the present. Um, mm. So, you know, the Atlee reforms and the Thatcher reforms both shaped the country for decades to come, really. Mm. And if you'd asked me before 2008 what her legacy was, I would have said she'd changed the country forever, mm. uh, to be frank. I'm still not sure she hasn't, but at least you got some sense of resistance after 2008. Um, yeah. When she said her, you know, her aim was to change people's souls, I think she succeeded. Um, I mean, her, 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 her strategy was always divide and rule, obviously. Uh, she picked off a lot of working class votes. Um, she gave working class people the means to become lower middle class through the sale of council houses, for example, and through the sale of um, national assets. Um, mm. By attacking the public sector relentlessly, she paved the way for new, pu- new public management that Blair introduced so much of. Uh, and she also paved the way for a great deal of self-employment, you know, so... Dell boy is often rolled out, you know, from only fools and horses as a totem of Thatcherism. You know, that kind of, it's very simplistic, but I think it's true. I think if you've ever been self-employed, the first thing that happens is you get an accountant. And the first Mm -hmm. thing an accountant does is find out ways to avoid tax for you. Mm -hmm. So I think she turned Britain into a a, a nation of tax dodgers. I think that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who thought first with their pocketbook and less about the community. And I think she broke the collective spirit really in this country, which was 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 never as you know coherent as people like to imagine. Um, mm. But she really did turn people into kind of in, you know um, doggy dog individuals, and that was her strategy. She had no sense of um, community whatsoever. Uh, you know, there's a famous story from her childhood where she absolutely detested austerity, um, hated having to share sweets after the war. And was mm. was was you know spitting um, down on child, poor children from her window from above her father's shop in Grantham. I mean, she was a re- she was a really kind of monstrous individual. And I think if you look at um, the Britain we live in today, it's it's a legacy of of her time in office. Really, she she brought out all the worst traits in the British traits that existed, but she amplified and legitimated. I think. And when we look mm. at some of the the, I think the, to me the biggest contention or like crisis that I feel like we experience in this country. I've lived in this country almost four years. Mm -hmm. And if you were to say to me, what's the thing that defines this country? Like what crisis is is everyone sort of having to wrestle with? Ignoring the sort of political rupture around Brexit, which is like significant for the headlines, but like up until relatively recently hasn't really been affecting people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, obviously it did when it started affecting EU residents and also people's jobs that depended on uh, import export. But up until the beginning of 2020 and then mm-hmm. the be- or rather 2021 and the beginning of this year, it hasn't really been. But the entire time that I've been here, the crisis has been housing. Yeah. And housing asset bubbles, housing valuation, Britain is a sort of dumping ground for money laundering, yeah. housing in Britain as an investment vehicle, and the fact that it is incredibly difficult to own a home. Homes are in typically pretty poor shape overall. Yeah. Uh, buy-to-let landlords and buy-to-let mortgages basically create an environment where it's incredibly favorable to people to become sort of smallhold landlords. Yeah. And this kind of squeezing effect is had, which we have mm-hmm. this this sort of generational rupture, if you will, that is right around was right around forty five years old in twenty nineteen, and it was sort of the generation that was able to get in with cheap housing, and then everyone else. Yeah. And I'm to me, it feels like right to buy the the fact that I want to say something like forty percent of the UK's residents lived in in social housing or public housing before Thatcher, yeah. and now it's a much smaller figure. And they basically sold all of it off, and you 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 had the council had to sell it to you, and it was sort of ass- assembled in a way that they could yeah they, cut rate and- cut rate, and they couldn't use the money to build more public yeah. housing, things along those lines. But also, I remember reading that I don't know if it was Callahan or if it was someone in Callahan's cabinet who had said that Labor had intended to introduce something similar had they won in 1979. Right. And so I'm wondering, like, when you look at right to buy, to me, that feels like one of the biggest manifestations. But I guess I'm wondering, do you feel like that's overhyped or because, or do you feel like that is that, that, that is, you know, the sort of way that her legacy touches people? Because when you, when I know when I meet people your age or older who mm. lived through the area when you could just fill out a form UB40 and get the dole, when you could just get a council house, they still talk to young people this day like that's still possible. Yes. And it feels like they're like those people experienced a completely different country and are not aware that it's changed. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. Um even my mother who who became a Corbynite, which was wonderful, um, she had no idea about that kind of social housing shortage. So I, th- I think there's a bigger picture, bigger story to be told. You have to look at the the whole breadth of housing reforms under under Thatcher. So she stops fair rent in '85, I think. A fair rent is, a, I think, something similar to what you have in the states in New York, for example, where there's a maximum rent on a building that's pretty much fixed, um, and you have inspectors to check a building, and if the building doesn't come up to a certain standard then you can't charge a certain rent. So she did away with that in 85. So that allowed rogue landlords to um, to really run free, I would say. She unleashed a huge credit boom, which encouraged um, more and more people to, to, to buy houses. Um, and at the same time, wages were stagnating and have been stagnating since 79. So what you've had is uh, house prices going up at the same time as wages stagnate, hence the current crisis. So, you know, and, and then, of course, the, you know, tuition fees are introduced later on, but that, they, were her, mm. they were planned by her in 87. Um, so you have this whole kind of generational indebtedness that didn't exist before. Uh, yeah. and you have to think about that whole picture. I mean, you're living through it, so you know it. You have to think about that whole picture. It's not just housing. It's generational indebtedness. Things that the state used to provide, they don't provide. The state doesn't provide anymore. It's what uh, Wolfgang Strait calls um, privatized Keynesianism. Um, so, you know, when I went to university, the first time I got a student grant, for example, 
I got money to go to university. Uh, in the holidays, I would get dole and housing benefit. Yeah. And I would be able to, for example, go and record with my band in a, in a government, local government funded studio that costs virtually nothing. Now, these were the things that was happening. There was also a huge amount of squatting, which was easy to do at the time. And that led to gentrification uh, later on. So that's another part of the housing kind of market cut off because they all the squatters made deals with councils and housing associations uh, and ended up buying the, those houses. So the housing market gets compressed in the multiple directions. So the renting market is kind of destroyed by the end of her rent in terms of the standard of home you could expect and the price you could expect to pay in the private rented market. Um, you've got the sale of council houses, obviously, and not rebuilding council houses, uh, and labour takes it on even further. Um, and then you've got stagnating wages with um, you know increased house prices. So the whole series of events leads to this disaster that we have today. Mm. Yeah, it always strikes me as it's the kind of like the the core of Thatcherism is really about the destruction of the state more than anything else. And like you kind of like with the right to yeah. Well, I'll I'll fin I'll finish what I was going to say, and then you can tell me exactly how I'm wrong because I'm sure there'll be some ways. (laughs) Um, in the sense that like something like right right to buy a council house. I mean, like like you said, it enabled like a lot of working class people to sort of become lower middle class, and it's not like kind of a terrible thing in and of itself. But really, the sleight of hand is where. But then we're not building anymore. Exactly. Because if you sell off a load of council houses and then you build a load more new ones, in a way, that's almost better because those people have still got their house, and then you've got a load more people you can now house as well but it's that it's that kind of sleight of hand where yeah so you have to remember the famous cameron osborne line don't Mm. you about why they wouldn't build council houses and they said we won't build labor voters yeah (laughs) ah Ah, okay there it is 